Okay, so over the last six months, the, the youth have been on a journey, and we want to share that journey with you because, one, we want to give God thanks for the things that he's showing us. Second, we want to give you thanks for being such a supportive church. We know that not every youth group in every church around us has the support like we have here, and so we want to appreciate that and thank you for that. But also we want to take the opportunity to show you what God's taught us so that it might be something that you could benefit as well. We believe that when we're talking about testimony, it's actually an invitation for others to experience that. So today, we're going to use this Prezi to take us through the journey. And we're going to take the opportunity to do a little bit of the activities that the young people have done. And then later on, we're going to come into a time of worship together. So you're going to hear from a lot of different people coming through as we go through, um, and hopefully you, you get something from it. So where did, where did our journey start? So back in January 2017, the youth leaders took some time of praying and waiting on God to see what, what was our focus, what was our faith goal? And I, and I felt there was four things that God said to us, that he wanted to create a youth group that had a love for God, a love for each other, a love for the lost, and the audacity to expect God to act. Now, we saw, we, we kind of had the timeline of when the year sixes joined us, the now year sevens, which was going to be in May. And we felt that we wanted the youth group to be a completely different atmosphere by the time they joined us. And so we saw through the Alpha course and uh, introduction of a, an outreach event called Audacity, we began to, sorry, Odyssey, we began to see that there was a love for God, a love for each other, and a love for the lost. But yet, still in May, we hadn't seen an audacity to expect God to act. And that was bothering us, because when we talked to some of the young people, we were doing healing in Alpha, and the actual topic of discussion was, could, did you believe that healing was biblical? The young people said yes. Did you have stories of people that had been healed? The young people said yes. But if they came across someone that was sick, did they have the audacity to expect God to act in that situation? A majority, no, they didn't even think that God would use them. They wouldn't even expect to touch and taste what God was promising. And we thought, that's got to change. And so we started on this series called... But God. But God appears loads of times in the Bible, and every time those two words appear together, it's the plot twist in the story. It's going to go in a completely different direction after the but God intervention happens. And so we see a few examples here. So there's a point where Pharaoh calls Joseph before him and says, I hear you can interpret dreams. Joseph replies, I can't do it, but God will. Okay, there's a future, there's an optimistic outlook at this situation. Joseph says to his brothers, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. Completely different outcome when God says that. And Israel, or Jacob, says to Joseph, I'm about to die, but God will be with you. Completely different outcome. And so we've seen this graph a number of times. The idea of... We can be on a downward trajectory with our life, but we know that there will be a but God intervention, that point that turns our story on its head. And because we can predict these things happen, happening, we can even be on the downward spiral, not even reach the bottom, and we can look across and we can predict that intervention from God and live now with the hope of what he's going to do, not based on our circumstances that we're in. So we can do this because we know his nature and we know his track record. And we're going to see these things coming up time and time again in the course of things. Learning what God's like, what does the Bible say he's like, and what has he done in our lives. And we've got to be detectives to discover the fingerprints of God in our lives. And so for this we need to know what's around the corner. When we know what's around the corner, we have a much better outlook in life. We can be confident, we can be peaceful. Now James is going to come help us with this part. Where are you James? Here you are. This is James. Isn't James lovely? 
Hello, everyone. Right, we are going to do a fun little exercise. I need, um, Ben, you go that side, and I'll go this side. Right, kids and adults, who is massively, massively into Disney? Who likes Disney? Wow, no one. Okay. That horse, oh, it's a bit nervous. Yeah? Okay, what we're going to do, I need three volunteers, so I want a mix of kids and adults. So actually, adults, put your hands up of those that were into Disney stuff, because I, okay, one adult. Debbie? Beth, do you want to come? And who else? Yes. Okay. What you're going to do, we did this at youth um, uh, quite a while ago now. So we're going to show you a clip. There is a Disney song that we played uh, for the youth. And you can see Sia and his team here. Um, The song played for a little bit. And then it was muted, and they had to carry on singing the song. They couldn't see the words. So here's an example. Yeah, um, I'll let you be the judge of if that was successful or not. Um, So what we're going to ask you to do is if you could huddle around the mic there. Um, This one here might need to lower it. And if you guys huddle around that one. But you cannot see the screen, so you kind of have to put your back to the screen. So the audience are going to be the only ones. So we're going to play you. A uh, song, a very, 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 very well-known song. Um, About in the 30-second mark, I'm going to ask Jamie to mute the sound. And you guys have to keep on singing. So you can start singing with it uh, from the get-go, but you have to carry on singing. You have to carry on singing. And it's the team that lasts the longest, that keeps on going with the words, keeps on singing, that wins. First team to drop out loses. Make sense? Okay, Jamie, please play the clip. I can show you the world Shining, shimmering, splendid Tell me, princess, now when did you last Let your heart decide I can open your eyes Take you wonder by wonder This side over here, it was like hums and dars and lars from the beginning. So well done, you guys. Thank you. You can take your seats. That was it. Right, so what we tried to get across with that um, exercise is that when you know what's coming, you can act, you can be a lot more confident. Um, and you can be a lot more at peace knowing that what is coming, uh, no matter what comes, you know um, you have a peace and a security. So in that exercise, if you knew the words, <laughs> you, could be, you could sit a little bit more comfortable knowing that you knew the words and you can carry on. And that's the illustration that we tried to get across. Jem. Uh, Hello, everybody. Cool. We're going to do another uh, game now, briefly. Can I have my four helpers, please, come to the front? Cool. Um, So, a bit of an introduction before we get started. Um, A little while ago, maybe a bit more than a little while ago, 
Um, a very important, significant, groundbreaking documentary was made by the use of this church. And it's been sort of cherished ever since and, you know, brought out at various different occasions. And we're going to be using this documentary in a second. So I hope your, your anticipation is, is very high. Um, could I have you just here? Cool. And then you here. And Kirilin, if you could be right at the end here. And then Daisy there. Cool. So again, so we're going to use these two teams. So this is team two. And you guys over here, your team one. And I'm going to need... Another three volunteers from each team. So I can have, yeah, if you'd like to come. Uh, can I have a, an adult from this section to volunteer for this game? David. Thank you. And one more person. Who, who wants to join? Yes. You want to come? Cool. So if you guys just gather over here, that'd be cool. And then team two, three volunteers from you guys. Uh, yes, if you'd like to come. Cool. Can we have a, a slightly older person from over here as well? Come on, guys. David, one more person. Who's, it's not as embarrassing as the last exercise, I promise. It doesn't involve singing in front of 300 people. Cool. Zachary. Okay, we have our volunteers. Let me just get our letters. Cool. So you've got A, B, C, and D. Can we have the video queued up, please, projector guys? So what we're going to do, just pause it. Um, you may recognize you may recognize a few key individuals in this documentary. Um, but le let me explain what's going to happen, okay? So we're going to play this video, and at certain key points we're going to pause the video, okay? And we're going to ask our, our two teams of three what happens next in the video. And there's going to be four different options of what happens next. Option A, B, C, or D. And it is fairly random, so it's quite hard to, uh, hard to gauge this one. And I want these two teams to decide where are you going to deploy your people. So you can decide, I, I think, you know... Maybe it could be B, maybe it could be C. So maybe, you know, David's going to go to B and then Zachary's going to go to C. Or you could be 100% sure that it's D, so all of you go to D. So it's kind of you're, you're hedging your bets a little bit in terms of where you put your people. Does that make sense? Yeah? Cool. And then if you're correct, then those contestants get to carry on to the next round. And there's going to be three rounds. But if you pick the wrong letter, then that person has to sit down. Yeah, does that make sense? So you want to try and keep as many of you in the game as we go along as you can. And then the team that has the most people at the end wins. Does that make sense? Yeah? Cool. Let's do it. So we're going to start the video and we're going to pause it at a key moment. And we're going to ask what happens next at this point in the video. So if you'd like to start the video, guys. And their eyes locked in a deadly stare. <laughs> Jamie remained as the badger backed away. He paid him homage because who could stand in the presence of the badger? Okay, so Jamie looking off into the distance there. The question is what happens next? So is it A? An inflatable parrot lands on Jamie's head. An inflatable parrot lands on Jamie's head. Is it B? Two half-naked men suddenly appear. Two half-naked men suddenly appear. Interesting. Is it C? Jamie disappears. Jamie disappears completely. Or is it D? Jamie's clothing suddenly changes. Jamie's clothing suddenly changes. So, to our two teams, where are you going to deploy your people? What do you think it is? Hmm. What about you guys over here? They're fairly certain in team two. Okay, C and D. So a slight spread of people there. Cool. Are you 100% in your decision, guys? David's reason be 100%. 
Cool. Let's see how this one plays out. If you'd like to carry on the video. And remain alive. And so Jamie took the title of the new king of the Essex Woodlands. It was a tremendous feat for him. And okay, now let's pause it here. Unfortunately, Team One got it completely wrong. You didn't have any people on the right letter. I'll tell you what I'll do, because I'm kind. I'll, I'll let you keep one person in the game as like a kind of bonus round. So if you like to decide. Cool. Okay. Nice. So, so Ben's going to stay in the game. Awesome. Right. If we like to, uh, to carry on with the game, we got the, the clip up, guys. So Jamie is, is pointing into the distance. He's looking very scared. Something's coming towards him. What is coming towards him? This is the question. Is it A? An Essex Park Warden with a rake. An Essex Park Warden with a rake. Sounds quite believable. Is it B? A herd of antelope fast approaching. A herd of antelope fast approaching. Is it C? Batman. Batman? Or D? The Badger of Hainault Forest. The Badger of Hainault Forest himself. Okay, tension is, is mounting here, guys. Where are you going to deploy your people? Ah, interesting. Fairly unanimous decision on D there. Very interesting. Uh, nobody thinks it's Batman. Nobody's convinced by the antelope. All right, let's, let's find out what happens. Okay, it was the Badger of Hainaut Forest. You all got it absolutely right. That's amazing. Woo! So, so team two is soaring into the lead here with three people still in the game. Um, but we do have Ben hanging on for team one, doing an excellent job, which is amazing. But this is our final point of pausing the video. And we need to know what happens next. The Badger has appeared. Jamie's looking really scared. What does the Badger do is it a he attacks every member of the sh um film crew showing no mercy he attacks every member of the film crew showing no mercy is it b begins dancing to michael jackson's thriller he begins dancing to michael jackson's thriller is it c he runs away because he's scared of jamie he runs away because he's scared of jamie or is it d he's, jo he's joined by a screw on a mole He's joined by a squirrel and a mole, his woodland friends. Okay, so some interesting options there. Where are you going to deploy your people, guys? This is a big decision. It's your final attempt. Ah, interesting. Some, some hedging of their bets going on there. So joined by a squirrel and a mole. Some people on A which is uh, he mercilessly attacks everybody. Um, interesting. Nobody's thinking B. Nobody's thinking C. Team 1 going for D. Let's find out what happens. Hey, I think that's the end of the documentary. Um, so the correct answer, of course, was he mercilessly attacked everybody. And so the winners of this game are Team 2. Congratulations, guys. Um, cool, thank you to my helpers if you'd like to, to take your seats. Um, I, I'll just add at this point that that was the director's cut of the documentary. There's a much longer version if you're interested. Talk to Jamie. Um, it, it might be slightly more embarrassing for certain people in the room. Um, but yeah, hopefully again, this game illustrated a point that we, uh, we want you guys to understand, which is that you know, it's quite a random film. It's kind of hard to know what happens next in it. Some very strange things happen. Um, but you understand, at the end, you may not have noticed, but Jamie actually stood up and went to A. He went to, to letter A. 
And the reason is, if, if you were kind of paying attention, Jamie actually made the documentary. And so he knew exactly what was going to happen. And so if you went where Jamie went, then you would be going to the correct answer because he was the one that made the documentary. And it's a bit like that with us and God. You know, God knows the end from the beginning. And as we go through the story of our life, it could seem like some absolutely random things happen that we weren't expecting and that maybe take us by surprise. But actually, nothing takes God by surprise because he sees the whole picture and he actually created everything. And if we get to know God and if we get to know how he's moving and where he's going, like Jamie, who created the documentary, um, then as we've been saying, we can see around the corner, we can see the next thing that's going to happen in the story, and we can have confidence in God uh, because he's with us. So hopefully that was illustrated relatively clearly by that exercise. I'll now hand you over to Jane. Okay, can I have my helpers, please? So now we're going to test your Bible knowledge. So you're going to go head-to-head in the two teams. And we're going to look at um, some stories from the Bible and see what did God do next, see if you know what happened next. So we're going to need one person from each team to be the buzzer. Um, So you're going to have to, when your team indicates you that they know the answer, you're going to have to stand up and squeak this buzzer. (laughs) So if you just pick a buzzer from each side, pick a person who's volunteering to stand and squeak okay yeah pick someone and from this side do you want to go yeah then can we we go and give it to him no it's good okay cool so this is a Okay, so this game is called How Did He Get Them Out of This One? So how did God get them out of this one? So if we go to the next question. So buzzer's ready. You have to look at your team and see if they know the answer. Okay, so. In Joshua 2, two Israelite spies enter Jericho ahead of a potential battle. The king of Jerusalem hears there are spies in his city and sends a search party to find them. How did God get him out of this one? Does this team know? Any more? A lady helps them and sees them out the window and keeps them in her house and helps them. And then when they leave, they, she puts a wedding out the window so they know it's her. So, yeah, they're correct. They're saved by Rahab, a prostitute who releases the spies of God's servants. In Matthew 17, Peter doesn't have any money for the temple tax. How did God get them out of this one? So what's your answer? Jesus sends them to get the money out of a fish's mouth. In Joshua 10, God commands Joshua to lead Israel into battle against five kingdoms at a place called Gibeon. How did God get them out of this one? I'm just the most competitive. (laughs) Um, Is it with hail? Was it with hailstones? Yeah, that's the right answer. 
God throws enemy into confusion, hold hailstones from heaven and a poor sun in the sky so they could finish the job. In Luke 4, Jesus has just upset a group of people by his teaching. They take him to a cliff to throw him over. How did God get him out of this one? Just walk right through the crowd. Yeah. Great. So um, we just looked at this to illustrate that um, God gets us out of situations and he's creative with how he does it. And it can be quite imp- unpredictable, but um, we can trust that he won't leave us alone, but it may not play out how we expect Okay, we have Alex come come help us with this bit and Carla just shows the next next clip here. So we, we've used this image when talking about this topic because if you were to look at all of these arrows and if you were to be asked what do you reckon the next target will have in its centre, you're going to assume it's going to be an arrow. You're going to assume it's going to be bullseye. And that's the way that we can be when it comes to predicting what God's going to do next. Because he's always hit the bullseye, he's going to hit the bullseye next. Because God is so creative. When we did that challenge with the young people, no one knew any of the answers to that. Because each time, God did something completely random in the way that he solved those issues. So now we're going to play a game about dots. So we drew nine dots on the page. And you have to connect these dots with four straight lines without lifting your pen or crossing over the same dot more than once. Can we have some volunteers, please? Okay, so we're going to have 30 seconds. And go. Bearing in mind, if you mess up, there isn't... There's only one for each one. (laughs) Five, four, three, two, one. Could we please roll the solutions? Hey. You You both got it, guys. Well done. So I guess you guys both won. Okay, right. Um, Josiah's going to come help us with the next little bit. So as you can see, the solutions aren't always as predicted. Sometimes you've got to think outside the box to see that there's a solution. Right. No more of these fluffy games where you have to draw lines over the place. I'm going to tell you a nitty-gritty story. So... Who, who has watched West Wing before? Hey, yeah, that's, that's good. Not many people. All right. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, it's a good show. Um, so I finished it a while ago. Um, one of the stories in the first season, like, it's about this, this man who, um, who lives in a town where there's a flood. Um, right there. So he gets to the top of his roof. Um, probably the smartest decision he'll be making in the story because trust me, you don't make much smart decisions after this. So a guy in a rowboat comes along. Come on. As I was like, hey mate, you're going to want to get down here, you know. Um, the flood's rising, you're probably going to drown. To which he says, no, I'm religious. God will deliver me. And then they're off. Then a guy in a speedboat comes along, and he's like, mate, you, you need to get down here. Let, hop in my boat. I'll, I'll take you to shore. And he's like, no, I'm religious. God will deliver me. And then a guy in a helicopter comes, and he's like, and he says, you're going to want to get down. Oh, head up. Get, get to the helicopter. We're going to take you to safety. Then he's like, I'm religious. God will deliver me. Well... Then the, ma- the flood rises and the man dies. He goes to heaven. 
And then he says to God, why didn't you save me? I thought you loved me. I, I've done everything for you and you just left me to die. Then God said, I sent you a rowboat. I sent you a speedboat. And I sent you a helicopter. What the hell are you doing here? Like, did he expect a bunch of angels to come down? You know, maybe with a box of chocolates or something. Like, well... <sighs> I didn't re- memorize this. Sorry, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. God is always on target. Sometimes we can't see that he, he has hit the target. So we need to be humble to choose to believe this because we can't see. He might not tell us. But we know, but we can know his nature. Thank you. Okay, this is a, a good opportunity um, to release the children. Um, you guys can, can go, and when you come back, we'll hopefully be doing a bit of worship together. Hi. Um, uh, I'm studying. Um, and in youth, we were talking about suiting up, which is basically kind of going out and taking action in our faith. And um, so we didn't want to be the people that were like bored on the sidelines watching or like just people um, supporting. Like we wanted to be the people who went out and did God's work and for me personally, I found that really hard. Um, a long time ago, people, and I remember Jamie, Jamie asked me, um, like, why don't you tell your friends about God? And I kind of, I didn't think it was my place. I said, they'll come if they come. Or like, um, like I don't want to interfere with their faith or whatever they believe in. I just didn't think it was my business. But I did pray about it, and after a while, I, I kind of thought, you know, maybe I should tell somebody. Like, because I want them, because God makes me happy, so me telling somebody else about God, that could make them happy as well. So I told my, I started talking to my friend about God, and um, she's kind of like a very... Um, kind of, it was a very hard to explain to her about God, because she got great. Her personality is quite. Uh, so, um, so I started talking to her. I was scared, but I was just like, "Let me just do it." And I talked to her about God, and she kind of she got the idea. She says she believes in something, but she doesn't know what. So I ended up bringing her to youth, and she quite enjoyed it. Um, which made me happy because I thought she was going to think I'm weird. And so, not that you guys are weird, I love you guys, you're not weird at all. And, um, damn it. Um, so, she, um, recently I went to her and she told me that she started reading the Bible because her mom started reading the Bible and she kind of, she understands some things and she's still getting used to it. And she got into an argument with her sister and she told me that she prayed which is quite a big thing for someone who, like, was furthest from God. So that was my experience of, like, getting out on the field and doing God's work instead of watching other people do it. Okay. Iman? Oli? Okay. So... Um, one of the things that we've been doing with the youth is encouraging them to become more audacious. And uh, one of the, the ways we've been doing this is by giving them challenges. It's been called Give It A Crack. So, um, Gabrielle is just going to talk a little bit about a challenge that she got given um, and her experience with giving it a, cr- a crack and coming out of her comfort zone to do this. Um, so when they're first explaining about the whole give it a crack thing, they're giving examples. So I think one of them was um, like sharing the gospel with a teacher, like talking to a teacher about God. And immediately when they said that, a teacher came to mind. But I just kind of pushed it to the back of my mind and thought, no, nah, I can't do that. So 
after like a few weeks, it was still, I still kept on thinking about it, especially youth. And then I said to God, okay, if you want me to do that, make it my challenge then. And then that week, my name was called up for a challenge. And I was thinking, okay, it's going to be my challenge. But then my challenge was to just invite, was to invite someone to youth. And even everyone was like, oh, that's easy for you. Like, you already do that. And I was like, yeah. So I was kind of like happy that I didn't have to do it. But I wasn't really like content with it. Like, I wanted to do that for God. So I just kind of... I've just kind of forgot about it a bit. And then Rianne was like, oh, you're going to do your challenge. And I was kind of explaining how I didn't really think that inviting someone to youth was my challenge. And how I felt like I had this other challenge. So she kind of like talked it through with me and told me to do it in that. So the next day I went to the teacher and I said, you might find this a bit weird, but it's very real, real for me. And I feel like God wants me to tell you that he's put you in my life for a reason. And you've helped me through a lot of stuff. And I'm very grateful for him for that. And then she looked like she was about to cry, and I was just like, okay. And then um, she came and gave me a hug and said it was very sweet, and it me- means a lot. And then I even told her about how I'd prayed to God about this um, year seven girl that was coming to me about, like, life and how she was quite upset at school and that. And I thought about mentoring. I'd prayed about it with God, but I kind of said I don't know what to say. And then I told her how I went to her that morning, and I kind of and she said, like, oh, you should mentor her then, and said, um... And I hope you know what to say. So I was telling her how, like, God kind of, like, worked through her to me in that. And so I was happy and it was all cool. And it wasn't, like, awkward or anything. And also, the Sunday before I spoke to her, um, it was a little bit after the baby Thanksgiving. And I had um, a picture of, like, a path. But it was, like, a journey. And it was, like, some obstacles and that. And at the time, I was trying to, like, fit into, like, an area of my life or to someone else. But it just, like, didn't sit right. So I, then I was on the phone to Rianne after like telling her how I'd so, spoken to the teacher, and I was like, "Yeah, but I don't, um, I don't feel like it's going to stop here. I feel like it will be a journey." And as soon as I said journey, I had the picture again, and it just kind of showed me that if I'm patient, God will show me that, like, I don't have to try and fit in myself. That He'll show me like where it fits in my life. Um, what I found really interesting about Gabrielle's story is that, sorry, my voice is going, um, that she got given a challenge and actually God prompted her to do a completely different challenge, something that she found a lot harder than her original challenge. And she still did it and God gave her the boldness and confidence to do that. Um, so yeah, thanks Gabrielle. chicken (laughs) okay (laughs) um so chicken come over here so this is the way that we've been um getting the youth to do the give it a crack challenges we've been picking them at random the chicken is going to lay some eggs with the challenges but first he's going to pick three people at random and these are the people that are going to have to do the challenges. So, Ethan. Okay, challenge number one is... Okay, invite somebody to church who doesn't know God. Ooh. <laughs> okay, number two. Um, okay, offer to pray for someone on your commute to work or at work. (laughs) Okay, the third challenge, Daniel. (laughs) Sorry. 
Okay, prophesy over someone from your workplace and tell them that prophecy. That is extra hard. There you go, Daniel. So the aim of these challenges is to bring you out of your comfort zone and to have the um, expectation that God is going to act. It may not be what you think it is. It may be a different, completely way that God acts on it. Um, But yeah, those are your challenges. Thank you. Okay, so something we looked at with our youth is about flourishing where we've been planted. So we believe that God's put us in, he hasn't put us where we are by accident. So he's placed us in our workplaces, our schools, our clubs, our friendships, our communities for a reason. And that we can ask God to start to reveal to us why we've been placed there. And that so we can start to thrive and share God with everyone. Um, we also believe that we have the ability to break through barriers. So here there's a tree just growing through a rock. So we can have the, audac- the audacity to expect that God will help us to break through these barriers and really start to thrive and share God and that God's put us there for reasons that we can just show his love to everyone. So an example of flourishing and breaking through um, barriers is Oliver's story. And so he said that when playing football on a Saturday, it can be competitive. However, God can be with us whilst playing. We've invited people to youth and church after playing, and some people have shown up. This shows breakthrough into people's lives to tell them about God and invite them to join us in it. So even though those barriers and blockages seemed there, that God was able to remove them and that we can have the audacity to expect God to remove them and see breakthrough through people's lives. Um, Another thing we've been doing when we've been meeting in tribes is a spirit chaser diary. So it's an exercise... um, to help build our faith based on track records of what God's done. So Noah's going to come and um, share an entry from his Spirit Chaser diary. So the first thing we write in them is the solution, how God's got them out of this one. So how did God get you out of your situation? Um, So basically I'd had really bad dreams. Like, So I'd always wake up in the night and I'd be really scared. And then one night I just prayed um, with my mum and dad. And then um, the next night and then all the nights on for like a long time, I hadn't had any bad dreams and I could just sleep peacefully. Woo! So God clearly got him out of that situation and we were able to have the audacity to expect that God could take away those bad dreams. So the next thing we do is we find a Bible verse to match what God has done. So what was the Bible verse that you found? Um, Psalms 46.1. It was, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. So we're able to see that present help of God to release him from his fears. And the last thing we do is, what does it show us about God's nature? Does it show that he's loving, caring? So what did did your situation show you about God's nature? Um, It basically shows that I can, that he loves me because he wanted me to sleep peacefully. And also that I can rely on him whenever I like need, whenever I'm in trouble or I need prayer for, I can just pray to him and I'll be, and he'll be there. so thank you Noah and so from this and from all these Spirit Tracer diary entries we can just keep on building our faith based on the track records and we can continue to expect to have the audacity to expect God to act where we've been placed to thrive and through our track records so to be audacious means we have to know God and so we've been looking at worship, and we've been looking uh, about how through worship we get to know God. But too often we find that it's actually we're looking to get something from him, and we're, we're just trying to get something from God. It's not about giving. So we're going to play a John Lewis advert, and it just expresses what we're trying to explain. So in the video, it showed that he was looking at the clock, but he wasn't looking at the clock like to wait for his present. He was waiting to give his parents like their present. And it shows that with worship, we don't do it for what we get. It's what we're giving to God. So, yeah. 
So yeah, we're going to go into a time of worship now, and Dor's going to lead us in that. And then during that time, we're also going to have two spoken words from Elliot and Sedi, and then Leanne, and then two more spoken words by myself and a man. This was my letter to God. You found me when the water was filling my lungs. You covered me when I was being burnt by the sun. You showed me compassion while I kept turning my head. You still had me praying before I went to bed. You held your hand out and I fled the other way. I couldn't stop thinking about my God every day. Is he real or are we all crazy? But I can see clearly back then my vision was hazy. Of course you're real, you're alive. You kissed my wound and there it heals. To doubt your mercies was not right to do. And I'm made right with you. Sin is still around, but I try to be stronger. Relationship with God cannot be held back by that. Your heart is too big for me to look to the ground. And I know you're always here and I'm safe and sound. Actually, factually, believe in what I'm reading. All the scriptures have different meanings. They give me feelings stirring up inside, feelings I can't hide. You pick me out of thousands, millions, billions. Me, why me, really? But then I realize I have a purpose, purpose for serving, to do what Jesus did, to teach the world, to teach my kids about Jesus Christ, the one who paid the price, Jesus Christ. The Bible teaching people of God's preaching, you breathing, breathing life into us, breathing Christ into us, so we can be who you want us to be. Someone who cares, someone who loves God's family, loves their enemies, sharing testimonies about Jesus working inside of us. It may have been 2,000 years ago, but Jesus still shows he's Alpha and Omega with us for eternity. He shields, he's a shield protecting us. There's nothing that can affect us. When God our Father is there, he is everywhere. He cares. He cares about all of our struggles, the small and the big. All of them are dealt by with him. So when I feel alone, always know Jesus is there. He is everywhere. so much but come back so much stronger you've helped me through it all but yet I still wondered I still questioned questioned it all your integrity your reasons your hard pushing rules until a time a big time in my life when I found out that you were truly all nice and my view changed like a light switch at night but there was still no light in my life yes I knew I could trust you but the question was with what I had no one to talk about, no one I could trust with my secret, my faith, my undercover life as a 14-year-old girl who talked to someone in the sky. But you weren't just a someone, nor will you ever be, because I get teared up thinking about you not here with me. Because me being ashamed of you is like being ashamed of Crazy and not right, so why even bother? So in front of this here crowd, I'm proud to say I am. A girl of faith, not religion. Ways of life, not rules and regulations. I serve the highest power and will forever be. Because I'm here to see it. Because he believes in me. So, oh God, I believe in you too. It's becoming a habit for me to write this when I'm on projector. It means I fall behind on the words. But, yeah, I literally just started 10, and 10 minutes ago. But, yeah. Forever indebted to Jesus my King, I lift up my voice and his praises I'll sing. On angels' wings I elevate, there's nothing that can separate us from his love I celebrate. In everything he demonstrates, his patience, his kindness, his joy and his peace. Life-changing gifts so the energy's released. To see his plans come into reality, with energy to see it through. I worship to gift him and he blesses me, makes me anew. It's not about me or what I gain, I want to praise him and that's my aim. Broken chains that bowed me once are now behind me. For in the darkest of darks, our king, yes, he finds we. Many of us feel like we're still in the dark, still in the belly of the beast like Jonah. But fear not, fear not what you're facing. For our God, he's amazing. 
forever worth praising. I can see what he's done, so his spirit I'm chasing. He's never changing, always remaining to be my, my rock, my support. He is strength when I'm failing. And that, that excites me. The thought that I might see what the people on high see with my family beside me. Forever indebted to Jesus, my King. I lift up my voice in his praise as I'll sing. Just got a word for the young people. God will say that he's waited generation after generation after generation. He's planted seeds in the ground multiple decades ago to see today. Because today he's birthing something new for our young people. That they're going to see stuff 
that hasn't even been created yet. That they're going to go past what they've seen and experienced and what the world provides. And you're going to bring a new sound and a new song and new ways of demonstrating what kingdom is all about. Do not be limited by what you see the rest of the people do in this place. Do not be limited by the history that's taken place before, but be inspired to look beyond, way beyond what you think is possible. God's going to start to rewire your mind this morning. You're going to have random thoughts and you're going to think, where does that come from? Where did that idea come from? And he's saying it's from him. He's moving you on. He's pushing you on. Because he's saying it's time for those seeds that were planted many generations ago. He started to water it. And it's not going to take a huge amount of time for those buds to erupt out of the ground. And for there to be a new declaration of the earth. That says we are here. We are here. We are here. We've got a new sound. So Father God, release that. Release your watering upon our young people this morning. Cause them to come into a place of flourishing right now. Let their expectations be rise tenfold. Do not let them be limited by what they've seen before or what they've heard before. But Father, make your word come alive for them. Let them know what their part is to play in this next time and this season. And I believe the word word of the Lord this morning for you is expansion. Expansion. Expect to see tenfold. Not double. Tenfold. 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 We're not going to have enough space. We're not going to have enough space. There's not going to be enough space. Start to declare what God has done for you amongst your peers and your friends. Do not be embarrassed about declaring the goodness of Jesus. Let your spoken words become living words. Let the songs that you sing become life. Let us see a generation which smashes all of our expectations. One of our key things about becoming audacious has been hearing God's voice. So last Sunday, we decided to listen to what God had for our leaders after reading Hebrews 13:17, which says, Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority, because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. So after hearing this, we decided to act upon it. So we've prepared these prophetic letters. And can we hand them out to our core team, please? So yeah, we just thought it was helpful and inspiring from us to know that they're making a difference. So um, we, I mean, it's so exciting to see the young people present what they've what they've been able to do tonight but we want to honor the fact that this is fertile soil within this community for our young people to grow in and that's one of the reasons really why we wanted to recognize the core leaders as a representation of of this whole community that we're part of and to be audacious we need to hear his voice but we're determined that we don't just do it within a church context or within the four walls of castle point but we want to be able to get the prophetic out into the rest of the world. We want to have those challenges come to us that we got in those eggs on a daily basis, wherever we are. We want to be those that use the prophetic in our schools or in our professions going forward. So this has been our journey. We've come from this point of trying to, we want to have that audacity to expect God to act. And we've learned about his presence and we've come close to him in worship. The question is, where next? And so we're going to take what Mark said to us, that prophetic word, and we're going to explore that. So what's next for us? So we, we appreciate your prayers to keep praying for us as we're trying to discover this, that there's, there will be steps forward and steps back in any, any faith, in any walk of faith. But please be praying for us. That's it. That's all we got time for tonight, uh, today. But <laughs> feels like night by now. But if there's... 
If there's anything that you would like to come forward for prayer, the, t the team will be here. Otherwise, thank you very much.